Okay, I'm recording this specific podcast episode because I cannot believe I have not recorded an episode on this before. I went through and searched all of my previous episodes and I was like, how do I not have a podcast episode all about Tina Hargadon's daily lesson framework? Oh my goodness, it is really the most useful tool and my favorite thing since kind of discovering um, how to teach with comprehensible input and how to use these different strategies and and everything like that. So I'm going to do a quick overview of what the daily lesson framework is, and I'll give you a couple of examples of different strategies that you can use in each part. Um, But I also want to recommend that if you're a member of the CI Liftoff Facebook group, you can search for um, daily framework or daily dose of language, and you will find that Tina has shared a ton of helpful resources explaining this, and a lot of people have talked about it before. So the first part of the daily lesson framework, and this is a framework that you would use every day in your classroom. It provides routine and structure for you and your students, but you can swap out different activities for each part of the framework so that it still has that bit of novelty to it. Because a lot of people say the brain craves novelty, but also we thrive in structure. So this provides both for you. So part one of the daily lesson framework is norming the class. That is where you take care of teacher business and you basically set your objective for the day. So you might take attendance, you might do a bell ringer, um, you might like check in with your students at the door as they come in, whatever it might be. But then the part of the daily framework during norming the class that Tina suggests that everyone does is that they state the objective for the day, which will sound something like, By the end of class today, you will be able to, so it's whatever the students are going to be able to do at the end of class with the strategy that you've chosen for the section that's based on student application and assessment where students can apply their learning. So at the end of class today, you will be, by the end of class today, you will be able to, you might say, um, answer questions in Spanish or write sentences in Spanish or say or listen to um, whatever it is you're going to have them do about whatever topic you're talking about today. So I'll give you a more specific example after I've gone through and given you some examples of the rest of the framework. So step one, norming the class. Step two of the daily lesson framework is called reading workshop. This is really important because it gets the students' eyes on text. So this is where um, you might do free choice reading and using your classroom library. Um, You might take a little a little time to read a portion of um, a class novel that you're working through. More on that in another episode. Um, You might also have a class-created text or a class story from the day before, from earlier in the week that you want to read through with the class. But the important part here is getting students' eyes on text in the target language, building those literacy skills. Um, And this is usually no longer than 10 minutes long. So it's not a huge chunk of class. I always tell my students that I'm warming their brains up in Spanish when we do free choice reading. I say it's time to get your brains in Spanish mode because they can all pick their different books to read from my library, but they're all kind of getting in in the zone, in the Spanish zone. So norming the class, reading workshop. The third step of the daily lesson framework is the heart of the lesson. This is where you're going to do those typical CI strategies that you're familiar with, like a movie talk or a picture talk, or um, maybe you'll do like a visual story or story listening. Okay, so the, the guided oral input, the third step, 
is the heart of the lesson. So this is where I might do, for example, a picture talk describing places in our town. And we're talking about sensory details, what we see, what we hear, what the weather's like, all of that in the pictures. But you're keeping this to like 15 minutes or less. This is what I love about the Daily Framework because before Tina released all of the information on it, I honestly believe that the reason why I needed to end up having vocal cord surgery because I had polyps on my vocal cords is because I was trying to do the input for the whole class period. I was spending 45 minutes creating a story, using all these crazy voices and kind of being on, feeling like an actor. It just wasn't me. But in Tina's daily lesson framework, it keeps it to about... 15-ish minutes. And so it's not exhausting. It's not super tiring. You don't have to be so on. So the third step is the guided oral input. So you might tell a story, you might do movie talk, you might go do picture talk. Um, 15-ish minutes. That's where you are speaking and students are listening. That's why it's guided oral input because it's all mostly listening. Obviously, you're going to use your comprehensibility skills to support their understanding and their comprehension, you know, talking slow, using gestures, you might write a couple board or words on the board, you might check for understanding by asking them, oh, what did I say? Or what does this mean in English? Um, but most of that is all oral. So we have norming the class, reading workshop, guided oral input. Now the rest of the daily framework is going to be spent recycling the same language that you used during your guided oral input in different ways. So the fourth step of the daily lesson framework is called scaffolded oral review. For me, this part is the, the shortest part of my class because basically what I'm doing is I'm recycling the language, getting in a couple of repetitions and also checking for understanding. So if we have just, you know, talked about different pictures of places around town, I might go through and ask them one picture about each place, you know, in picture one, is it hot or is it cold? In picture two, are there people? Yes or no. Um, you know, in picture three, so a lot of times I'll do like either or, or yes or no questions or like true false questions. There are other strategies you could use. Um, but for me, that's just such a quick kind of check in with them to make sure they were with me. So we have norming the class, reading workshop, guided oral input, scaffolded oral review. The fifth step is called shared writing, and this is one of my favorite sections of class because basically you're turning the oral language that the students have been listening to in the last couple of sections of the daily framework into written language. So they're going to start to make connections between what they hear and how things are spelled, which is super powerful in languages like French where like half a word can be there when you're reading it, but you don't hear it when someone says it. Um, and so the shared writing portion of the daily lesson framework is really when you would use the strategy of write and discuss. If you aren't sure how to do write and discuss, I'm not going to explain it in this episode because I have like two other episodes focused on write and discuss and extensions for write and discuss. So I would recommend you check those out. But basically what you do is you co-create a text with your students to summarize what you discussed during the guided oral input. So we might write one sentence about each picture we described of places around town. But I'm, I'm not just writing it and the students are watching, we're doing it together. So I might be saying, you know, in the picture of the movie theater, there are a lot of people, no people, 
too many people. Like you're kind of giving students options and they're able to kind of pick the one that they like best or the things that they want to talk about so that they really have a stake in it. So that's the shared writing portion of the daily lesson framework. So we have, to summarize, norming the class, reading workshop, and what you read during reading workshop when you're getting their brains going in the target language, when you're getting their eyes on text, does not have to match up with what you're going to cover in the rest of class. I kind of view it as a way, it could, but I kind of also view it as a way of kind of just like a warm up. So norming the class, reading workshop, guided oral input, scaffolded oral review, shared writing. The sixth step is called shared reading because now that we have created this text together, I mean, usually a write and discuss text is like anywhere from like three to six sentences-ish. Um, you don't want to drag it out too long because there's a lot you can do with that text afterwards. Plus, it kind of burns the students out. So after the write and discuss, the shared writing, we do shared reading. Every day I do the exact same steps because it's super powerful. And there are other strategies you can add to these, but I would recommend you do these at a minimum. So first thing during shared reading is I will read the text out loud to the students in the target language so that they can hear it, how it's supposed to sound in the most fluid and fluent way that I can read it. I am not a native or heritage speaker of Spanish, but I am the person in the classroom that has the most target language experience. So I'll read it to them without breaks so they can hear how it flows. Because when you're writing it together, you're, it's kind of choppy um, and you're asking them for their opinion and you might like pick like synonyms for different words or different parts of the sentences um, to enhance it and things like that. So during shared reading, I read it to them in the target language. Then the students chorally translate the text word for word into the first language, which in my class is English. So I will use my pen under a document camera. I write on lined paper, but teachers, you know, write on their whiteboards or type into a Google Doc, um, whatever works best for you. But you point to or you underline or highlight one word at a time while students read it out loud. This allows students to make connections between, and this is one of the ACTFL standards, this allows students to make connections between the two languages. So this is when students will start to notice, oh, um, you know, that day plus L becomes del. Hey, Spanish kind of has con contractions too, like we do in English. Or, oh, the adjective comes after the noun it's describing most of the time in Spanish. That's kind of backwards from English. So that's why we read it word for word. So we'll read it, and let's say we, um, we said, like, the, the red movie theater. I should have probably pulled up actual pictures or examples to, to do this with, but I'm just going to be making things up now. So I hope you can uh, bear with me. So instead of, like, in English, we would say the red movie theater. In Spanish, it would be the cinema red or the movie theater red and that way you're listening for the whole class to translate it into English all right you are not speaking as a teacher and when the students hesitate and they're like the red movie like it literally becomes this like garbled jumble of like weird words the kids are trying to say because they're trying to make sense of it but there's some cognitive dissonance there and they're not really sure but they some of them might know and some might not or there's like an awkward silence that gives you an opportunity to teach into that hesitation and to teach into those areas where there's some gaps in understanding so I might circle like 
red movie theater and draw like arrows and say, yeah, so in Spanish, the adjective red comes after the noun movie theater, which is a little bit backwards of what we're used to. And then they start like, oh, making these connections, right? So during the shared reading time, I have just read it to them in Spanish. They have just chorally translated it into English. And then the last part of this that I do every day is I ask students, you know, can anyone in the class teach us something they noticed about the way that Spanish is put together? So this is an opportunity for those students that really love the grammar and um, notice a lot of those linguistic type things where they can feel like, hey, she wants my input. Like these things matter. Like we're not just ignoring the grammar. So maybe someone would say, oh, you know, sometimes the can mean L and sometimes it can be la. And then I'm like, oh yeah, great job noticing that. And this also gives me to do kind of a little mini pop-up grammar lesson. Don't get carried away during this part. You can always do pace lessons for grammar and I'll have to make an episode about that in the future. Um, And there's other ways you can do that, but don't get carried away. So that's usually the three things that I do during the shared writing portion of class. I read it in Spanish, they correlate translate it to English, I ask if there's anything anyone noticed and might do a little mini pop-up grammar. So we're on to the last step of the daily lesson framework. So far we have had norming the class, reading workshop, guided oral input, scaffolded oral review, shared writing, shared reading, And the last part is called student application and assessment. This is where students get the opportunity to show their learning. So you might give them a quick quiz where you ask them five, you know, true or false questions about what you discussed that day or about the the text that you just created together. You might have them do like a listen and sketch where you describe a sentence like, there is a movie theater and there are a lot of people next to the movie theater. And then students have to like draw and sketch that out. You might play the question and answer game, which I have an, another podcast episode on that gets students speaking um, together about things. You might have the students do a, an L1 retell where I might say a couple sentences in, in Spanish and they have to tell me what those mean in English in the first language. Or you might have them do an L2 retell where they have to write, you know, two sentences based on what you talked about today. Um, There's a whole bunch of strategies that are student-centered that you can fit into this category, Um, but it's really the opportunity for students to show their learning. And that's where your objective comes from. So if I'm going to have students um, write sentences in Spanish to describe pictures of our town That's what I would say from back in the beginning where I'm norming the class and setting my objective. By the end of class today, you will be able to write sentences in Spanish to describe pictures of places around town. So you kind of need to plan your input. So I did a picture talk of describing places, right? And then your application and assessment, which is where I was going to have students write sentences in Spanish, You need to plan those two parts so that you can set your objective. So that is the overview of the daily lesson framework. And there are different parts of the class that you can shorten or lengthen if you have shorter classes or if you have block classes. On my YouTube channel, if you just search my name, Caitlin Leppert, um, you will find me utilizing this daily lesson framework and using these different strategies um, in a bunch of those videos. 
I also have sometimes 30 minute classes. I am able to get through this whole framework in 30 minutes. You kind of got to keep things concise. You might want to set a timer. I have a student job that's the timer. So for especially for that guided oral input where you're like using that language or you're telling a story, you can get really carried away. So I will like look at the clock once we're starting guided oral input and I'll find a time that's like 10 to 15 minutes after and I'll put that time on the board and I'll have my, my timer like wave me down when time is up and that way I know to like wrap it up and move on. Some teachers set timers on their phones, whatever you need to do to make that work. Um, but I promise you there is a way to make it shorter or longer. When you have block, you could really stretch out reading workshop um, at the beginning of class. So you could reread like the class text from yesterday and you could do free choice reading. Or you could really stretch out that student application and assessment. You could have them do, you know, a quick quiz and a listen and sketch. Um, so there's definitely ways to make this work. And I know that if you have questions, if you, want, if you are in Curriculum Club, please ask in the Curriculum Club groups. Um, and all of our coaches will help you out. If you're not, go ahead and post your questions and see I lift off because all of us that work with Tina and coaching folks on this curriculum, we are also in that CI Liftoff group. And we really want to help you use the system because we all believe in it so much. And we have seen our students' skills in the target language and my own, my own comfort in teaching my classes has, has just increased greatly over the last three years that I have been using this framework and these materials and this, um, this curricular framework that Tina has developed. So that is the daily lesson framework, and I hope that gives you a nice, concise overview. Um, and I can definitely make future podcast episodes really digging in and breaking down each part further. Um, but for now, I hope this gives you a peek into it. And again, if you have questions, hop over to that CI Liftoff group. Or if you find me on Facebook at Preaching to Acquire or Instagram, feel free to send me some, some private questions and I can definitely help you out.